0: Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform.
1: For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session
0: provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples.
1: If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more... Go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking
0: forward to seeing and working with you.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast.
0: Welcome everybody to the Porn Betrayal Sex and the Experts, or more commonly known as the PBSE podcast. I'm Steve Moore. Mark Casman's with me. Uh, it's good to be with you guys today. We've got a a good episode today. We want to take a different track. You know, for the last uh, several months, we've we kind of were looking at it today before recording. Mark and I and we have like been answering uh, questions from from subscribers for like. Months on end. I don't think we've done a single standalone <laughs> yeah. topic in, in ages, and mm. so we were looking at it, and we thought today might be a good opportunity to do that, um, and just mix it up a little bit. So um, today we've done a few episodes like in the past, but like this in the past, but again, it, we haven't done one quite like this, and we know that people tend to really resonate with with our stories uh, in recovery just as much as the expertise, quote unquote, that we bring to the table for better or worse. And uh, we thought we'd kind of go through that a little bit today through a personal lens. And, and uh, we wanted to talk about this concept of, you know, how Mark and I, you know, moved as addicts in long-term addiction, uh, kind of made that journey from uh, not, not as a whole, because that's a humongous story, but speci- specifically around this topic of, you know, being defensive uh, and, and resistant to change to kind of switching the dial over to being a proactive force for good in change, right. in the mm-hmm. marriage. Because both of us, and if you guys have listened to us for any amount of time to say that we were resistant in this process is, is uh, putting it really mildly. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we both really, really drug our feet for different reasons that I think many of our, our addict listeners can resonate and probably the spouses as well. So we wanted to just talk a little bit about that today and reflect with you and and we'll get where we get with this. We're going to kind of freeform this and see where it goes.
1: Well, and I think one of the important things as we start out on this, Steve, we're going to talk about some specific examples of how Steve and I went from defensiveness to fighting for our marriages in specific areas. But there is a <clears throat> there is um, a, a a predisposition, a foundational beginning that has to take place before you can be all in on the process we're going to describe today. One of the things that we face when we're stuck in addiction is we naturally come from this place of defensiveness. We're defending ourselves. We're reactive, right? We And this all comes uh, a lot of times because we have a sense of shame and unworthiness often, uh, because we've not learned in our lives to deal with and confront hard things, right? We're avoidance. We're escape artists. We We rationalize, justify, minimize all the ways that we engage in this self-protection survival mode, and it mm-hmm. becomes a habit. It becomes a way of life. And that's why we so easily go into this place of defending ourselves, because we're fragile. We're, we don't know how to handle hard things. We, we don't confront. We run, right? We don't stand to fight. We, we, we escape to self-soothe and self-medicate through addiction outlets. Yeah. So all of that leads to uh, an automatic style of defensiveness. It's about me. It's about protecting me. It's about, right? All of those things. And to make the transition from that to being very proactive in going from defensiveness to fighting, right? Fighting for my marriage, proactively leading out, you have to do your personal work. You have to get through how to identify this defensiveness, the character defects that have been so much a part of your life. If you don't do that personal work, you can't do what we're describing today. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do all your personal work to perfection and become this, you know, this evolved, amazing, awesome person. Then you can start to fight for your marriage. Not saying that, but you at least have to have them working in parallel, working on my personal stuff, which then gives me the foundation to fight for my marriage.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And the only third thing I would add to that, which is behind this, and it's important for spouses mm-hmm. to keep this in mind as, as. This is really kind of, I guess, one nugget from today's podcast. Hopefully you'll keep in the back pocket is, you know, so often the reactions that accompany, you know, what this defensiveness, they act, they look, they can like, for example, in my case, they, they inevitably looked more aggressive than anything else. I would, I would tend to use a lot of aggressiveness as a way to deflect and a way to Mm -hmm. cope. But the reality is, is that was an opposite end response, meaning that even though it was, you know, aggression externally. It was very fear-driven. I was, mm. I was, I was scared, right? I was, there was a, was not even scared. There was a, there was a scared of facing myself. There was a terror of being discovered, right? There was, there was just all of this, there was all this fear kind of pulled into and mixed up with that shame and discomfort. And, and um, anyway, just something to kind of keep an eye out for as you're navigating Yeah, important.
1: It's a paradox because, you know, we wore the mask of confidence and authority and aggressiveness and surety and right I'm right, where that mask was completely false because inside we were absolutely terrified. Yeah. And that was our knee-jerk reaction to protect that fragility, to protect that, you know, that fear, that insecurity, all the things. So it's it's I guess what we're saying to spouses is it's not what he's not what he appears yeah. <laughs> to be absolutely. most often.
0: Well, we'll see how far we get with this today. I'm already kind of envisioning we might be doing a part two to this, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, so we we do have a couple of topics that we definitely wanted to at least try to uh, begin this with, because there are some some commonalities I'm sure that we share with you. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, handling handling spouse feedback.
1: Um, mm, I never struggled with that at all. My wife could oh. say anything she wanted, and I was absolutely fine with it.
0: No, I'm I was the same way. I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if, when I look back on my on my addiction years, I mean, I, in a non-bragging way, I, I, I will admit, I, I engaged in some pretty embarrassing, pretty scary behavior. Um, but I would say that, honestly, trumping, trumping any of the addict behavior, one of the few things that would trump that for me are the times when I would do, are, are things that I did or said when handling spouse feedback. I, I've shared before, I believe, on this podcast months ago, you know, I, <clears throat> my kind of apex moment with this was after a big fight with my wife. I I remember she somehow, well, this was before we ever got in recovery, she kind of had gathered her thoughts after this huge fight in the back room, and she came out to the front room and again, in, in a dysfunctional way, tried her very best to be vulnerable with me. And despite the fact that we just had this really scary exchange, she tried to, you know, humbly come and just say, please, like, can we talk about this, you know? kind of hand in cap and which wasn't her fault, even her thing to be, do to begin with anyway. And I just remember looking at her uh, and, and, and looking at her straight in the eye and just saying, look, this is how I am. This is how I'm always going to be. And if you don't like it, there's the door and you can leave. Mm-hmm. And I just turned back to what I was doing, just stone cold faced and, mm-hmm. I've iterated that story probably hundreds of times over the years with clients and things and it still hurts to, to say that but it's an example of kind of that starting point where so many addicts I've, I've heard eerie similarities from so many of you out there where it's there there are similar responses right that level of toxicity and venom that comes out wow. as a response to vulnerability. <clears throat>
1: I, well, and here's the, and here's the crazy part. You know, if, if, if I look back at myself in those kinds of behaviors and, and I honestly try to assess, did I, did I hate my wife in that moment? No, no I could actually no, honestly all. say that I loved her, Yeah, that I did care about her, that, that I did want to be with her. And yes. so why this behavior then? Right. Why this why this knee jerk, sometimes violence, aggressive, sometimes completely shutting down, going stoic and silent. Why do we have those behaviors in response to feedback, input, emotional expression that we're getting from a spouse if we do truly love and care about them?
0: It's a great question because the expansion of that story, which fits really well into what you're saying, is she did actually leave after I mm. said that. And it was all I could do. I remember where I was sitting at in our old con. It was all I could do. I heard the door close behind me and I heard her walking down the hall. She was crying and I just started sobbing, Mm. just sobbing. I could not. I was so disgusted with myself. I couldn't almost believe I'd just done what I'd done. Like I just was so completely out of character. Even in my worst moments, it was like a reach. And, And going to your point, Mark, you know, what drives that? there for me there was a it was a really twisted concoction and this will make sense to an addict it might sound bizarre to other people a few things that I'll just bullet point and we can talk about if we want to but the first was there was a twisted sense of almost duty of this is my problem and I need to fix myself and being defensive is a way to shut everybody else out so I can work on it and I can deal with it and I can be the one to handle the consequences there was a part of me when i said you know, there's the door. I think there's a really shame based part of me, a couple of brain cells at that point were kind of almost secretly hoping that she would go so she could be free of this monster.
1: Mm, you yes. know, like
0: I was just I was just a horrible person. so that was that was one. I think another big part of that was definitely just that absolute averseness that I, as an addict, and I think all of us carry to vulnerability, right? I lived in a place of darkness, and here she comes in shining like a beacon of vulnerability. And I'm just like a vampire recoiling to the light. <laughs> right. Like really. It's just like this is so foreign to me. I will do anything not to do this with you right now. Right. I yeah. will do anything or say anything to get away from
1: this. Well, and it's why it's why it's why the personal work's so important because what happens when you're in that addict mode. Is that any feedback your spouse is going to give? I mean, it doesn't have to be obvious stuff like she's screaming and yelling and she's attacking you. She could actually be talking nice, but but speaking truth and confronting things directly. And you find yourself literally uh, feeling attacked. She's attacking. She's attacking, right? Everything goes to its attack, attack. Mm -hmm. And we immediately go into this, you know, throwing up walls and resistance and defensive stuff. Because we interpret all of it as an attack, and why do we do that? Because inside we're fragile. We yes. don't have resilience. We haven't learned to stand toe to toe, to go head to head, and to allow open expression without taking it so immediately personal. Right, mm-hmm. immediately it's an attack on my worth, my value as a man, whether I'm whether I'm successful, with how she's perceiving me. I'm a failure. Right. Look how look how the, the, that survival brain of ours, that addict brain immediately says attack. This is yeah. purely attack.
0: Well, can I tell you, I think that, too, and maybe many of you can relate. Mark, I know you and I have talked about this. It, when my wife would get angry back, it made it easier for me. Mm. Now we were both being non, less vulnerable. Yeah, it was almost like I was more acclimated to that. When she would come in being vulnerable. That's when the more <clears throat> intense reactions would come out because that was way scarier.
1: Right. Interesting. See, see, I was the opposite when my wife would finally, and she's very, very calm, very even keeled. When she would finally get angry, man, I would shut down <laughs> entirely because it's like, oh, what, who is showing up now? So isn't that interesting that that was, that was a, a, an opposite effect for us? But yeah. that's to show you how complex this can be, how, how different it is for all of us. But yeah. how do we get ourselves into the place where we can handle spouse Mm -hmm. feedback, spouse emotional expressing, spouse blow-ups, whatever it is. And by the way, I consider all of those to be feedback. Mm -hmm. Even if a spouse is angry and screaming, she's giving feedback and the only way she knows how to do it in that moment. Yes. How do I handle it?
0: It's a great question. You know, I'm thinking back on my early recovery days. And I think for me, again, this just demonstrates my level of sad stubbornness, but (laughs) I got to a point where I think I'd really, I mean, we say this often on here, but I really had tried everything else, Mark, honestly. I tried every other tack, you know, Mm. every other approach, nothing worked, right? Every method that Steve's brain tried to employ just made me sadder. It was ruining my marriage more. Like, it wasn't, I was so stubborn. There wasn't even an acceptance of a new idea. It was a resignation that to everything, to the fact that just everything else sucked.
1: So you had literally exhausted every possible particle of Steve's way.
0: Oh yeah, I tried to victimize. I tried to be aggressive. I tried these different. And 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 Brittany was finally—that's di- my wife's name, Brittany. She was finally she was starting to learn about boundaries and learning how to have her own voice. And it was becoming rapidly clear that that party that my addict had been holding—I've said it before on here—how almost like there'd been kind of club music playing in the background the whole time. And it was like when she started to find her voice and confront me on this stuff, it was almost like that show where you hear like the, you know, like where the someone cuts off the music. Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, like this like, real
1: dun dun dun. Yeah. These right. old,
0: these old childish <laughs> tricks, Steve, these old childish ways of dealing with stuff isn't going to work for you. He's
1: not going to put up with it anymore. No way. No yeah, way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's my sad journey. How about you?
1: <laughs> um. Well, mine's kind of the same. Mine was more just shutting down, going stoic, disappearing, avoiding, going silent, refusing to interact, refusing to respond, refusing to do anything. Yeah. Or if I did start to respond, it was always in victim mode. You yeah. know, woe is me. I'm a loser. You're right. I'm a piece of crap. You know, you should leave me. Mm, right. All, yeah. all that stuff. But the thing that started to change for me, obviously, as I started to do my own personal work and develop a, a true sense of, of self-identity of of self-worth, of authenticity, Who am I? Right? I'm unconditionally lovable. I'm unconditionally valuable. You know I started mm-hmm. to work on all of those things, which was a lot of looking at past, you know, mm-hmm. long time baggage. I started to get to the place where I, I actually began to feel myself, what well, we often talk about on her on here, a willingness to begin to actually lean in. I actually, I remember the first time I did it, when I felt myself moving toward my wife in one of those heated situations, it really took me off guard. Like there's a little voice saying, Mark, what are you doing? You're leaning in, run, run. And I'm like, no, 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 we're hanging in here. We're going to stand toe to toe. We're going to, we're going to do this. And what I found is I started to be willing to lean in and what I like to call receive what she was offering. And even, even, in the, even if she was angry, even if she was lashing out, it was still an offering to be received by me. She, yes. I like to call it, she was making a bid for connection in mm-hmm. the only way that she knew how to in that moment. And was I, was I willing to see that, to open myself, hey, my wife, my wife is having extreme emotion right now. She's, she's being really intense. This must be really, really important and critical to her. Or she wouldn't be behaving this way. So yeah. can I lean in to, to, to be open to and willing to see what this is really about? Mm. I often tell my clients, look, you, you've got to be willing to look past the words spoken or the, the level of the voice or the tone or whatever, the body language, and ask yourself, what is really under this? What is really behind these words or her yelling or her whatever or her crying? What's under it? And I found myself being able to get into this place of genuine curiosity. I really want to know because obviously this is a big deal for her. So am I going to act in the role of a true friend and actually lean in and be curious and want to come to a place of understanding? Or am I going to go back to my defensive, shut down, run away, you know, lash out, whatever behaviors? And so handling my spouse's feedback was making that transition and that's moving from defensiveness to fighting, to being proactive, right? Instead of passive. Yeah. That's leading out. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's jogging my memory with a lot of things as well. I've got so many, so many thoughts to share. It's it, it, and and there is that, you know, there's that, it does take, there are different things that take us to that point. Right. But they're, I think they all lead back to that one place, that recognition of, you know, could all these people, could all these sources, could all these influences, right? Be a higher power impressions or whatever. Am I really right in my thinking and they're all wrong mm. or maybe,
1: maybe I'm, am I really living the Truman show <laughs> For or me, it was like, wait. Is the entire marching band out of step and it's Mark, yeah. it's Mark that's really in step or? Maybe it's the other way. <laughs> and
0: like you said, there's that progression, right? And there there was, I think there was for me as well. I mean, I even with, even with sobriety, right? Getting outside the context of with my wife, I, you know, again, I've shared this before. I, I, I went into 12-step kind of in a way of, one, convinced it wouldn't work and two, almost in a challenging way, wanting to kind of prove it wrong. Hmm. And then when I started to get sober, it was both really have a really happy experience. And there was also kind of a, oh, damn it. I can't believe
1: this is working. You I know, can't believe kind of, this is working. Right. Oh, kind of like,
0: you know, sort of a resignation <laughs> and a happiness, but also like a uh, man, why didn't I do this soon? Right. Just that whole thing. But mm-hmm. there were just enough kernels of success that said, well, this is definitely getting me more than what I was getting before. Right. I guess if we rinse and repeat, <laughs> maybe we'll get some yeah. more of that.
1: And what do we what do we say in, in in step work and other recovery work? Right? You start to get to this place where you realize, you know what? Uh my best thinking landed me in this program or landed me in this group. <laughs> yes. Maybe there's something to be reconsidered here. <laughs> However smart I may be, I'm clearly a wingnut when it comes to this. <laughs> Seriously, so it's obvious we are going to do a part two on this, by the way. We may do a
0: part two and a part three. I'm coming up against
1: would. it. But <laughs> yes. so all we've gotten into about moving from defensiveness to fighting for your marriage is this receiving spouse feedback. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go into part two and maybe part three. We're going to talk about how to navigate triggering people in places that you mm-hmm. find yourselves in as a couple. We're going to talk about hanging back versus leading out. Uh, and by the way, if you want to get all of this stuff and about 20 more categories mm-hmm. you need to come over to dare connect our dare to connect program we go into this stuff in great depth um we'd love to see um as many of you as possible over there if you go to dare to connect you'll find uh, we do this kind of in-depth stuff you know every week three times a week interactive no less interactive so. with our dare to connect um subscribers yeah. So let's kind of finish up Steve with a, a little assignment for all of our listeners about this handling spouse feedback. Mm, what are some yeah. little steps that that uh, somebody who is who is where we were can actually take to begin to receive spouse feedback?
0: That's a great question. Um I think for me one thing that I would say and feel free to tag on this or add to it but uh, you know, I I look back and if I could talk to my Pre-recovery self, this guy I've described here on the podcast or that we've talked about today, it would be. Will you please give this a quiet moment before you respond? Mm. Before you immediately react, one ask yourself why are you immediately reacting? First of all, right? Why is why would why would another person's perspective be so disturbing? And the first, so place.
1: threatening. Just another perspective. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the second piece would be, you know, maybe get in the habit. Sometime at some point this weekend, maybe it's not even recovery related, but practice sitting on some feedback that you get either from your spouse or somebody. Sit on it for twenty-four hours before you respond. There you go. Sit on it for twenty-four hours. Do just a little journaling about it and see if your response changes.
1: Yeah, I would almost guarantee that it would. Yeah, we call that take a break. And so you you might have to start at such a simple place that your spouse is giving you feedback in whatever form that is, might be aggressive, might be crying, it might be whatever. And instead of immediately doing what you've done in the past, defending, you know, going to war, whatever, you just say, you know what? I really need to think about that. Can you can you give me some time to really ponder on what you've just said? Can we get back together tomorrow at Yeah? Four o'clock, right? Hit the pause Absolutely. button.
0: Well, and I think that that would be a really good. And I know that to some of you, maybe even to some spouses, this may sound sort of like, "Well, no crap, Sherlock." Like, which, of course, like <laughs> know, that true. would be good. But you, but do keep in mind, not making an excuse. But for those who struggle or have struggled, like Mark and I have, which would probably be many of you out there, being non-reactive in a situation like that feels kind of like you're trying to part the Red Sea.
1: Yeah, um, if you've not done it before,
0: so try slowing that down a little bit more, more than you have before, and see how it impacts the initial response that you would have had. Not just what you would have said or done, but how you would have felt
1: versus sitting on it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. How's it different? Twenty-four hours later, yeah. and if you and if you're kind of you're you're a little bit more advanced than that, and you want to go to a little bit higher level, then I would invite you to begin to explore how to go into a place of, of what I call genuine curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Am I my spouse's friend in this moment? Are we friends? And see what that question does to your to your state of mind. And if you determine you are friends, so friends are interested in understanding friends. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. I want to yeah. know what this is really about for you. And can you just begin to practice genuine curiosity? Can you lean in just a bit
0: where mm-hmm. you would
1: run or fight or do whatever? Can you just move toward just for a minute and see what it's like to, to, to invite that curiosity to be your main, your main motivation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Guys have a great rest of your day as always, please feel free to submit us questions or thoughts or feedback about the podcast at uh, pbscpodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you guys and, and look forward to seeing you on Derek Connect and and uh, seeing you next week as well.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll come back in part two of this. <laughs> awesome. Take care, guys. See ya.
0: Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.